0: Here's Pastor Scott. I want to talk to you this morning about something that is desperately needed in all our lives, but something most people resist with all their being. People hate change. Say change. Some of y'all don't even want to say it for a couple of reasons. Some of y'all just rebellious. Y'all didn't have a mama to spank y'all enough when y'all were young. See, if some of y'all hear an adult say, say anything, You'd be, yes, sir, uh, change, change, say dog food, dog food, say, I want to go home, I want to, but some people, you can say anything, and they won't repeat, I want you to get involved this morning, at least in hearing, I want you to lock in, I want you to focus, and I want you to hear what God has to say, because I know change is needed, but change is resisted, people Typically, do not like change. I put together uh, several years ago um, an acronym for the word change, and I've been just dealing with that all week, and God put it on my heart to share this with you guys. So we're going to look at change from an acronym this morning. But before we do, let me give you a definition. Let me give you a textbook definition for the word change. To transform, revolutionize, adjust, or alter. This is what needs to happen to each one of us. An expanded definition, I love this, what it says. here. good. To make the form, nature, content, or future course of something different from what it is or from what it has been or what it would be if left alone. You need to alter the course of what your life is, what it has been, and what it will be if you don't do anything about it. Because the second law of thermodynamics tells us that everything is left alone is in a state of naturally degrading. You leave an apple, except a McDonald's hamburger. I always got to throw that qualifier in there. If you leave a banana outside and you don't mess with it, come back in a week, is it going to look worth eating? No. If you, if you bite into an apple, set it on your kitchen counter for 37 seconds, and come back, is it going to look worth eating? Some of your apple people are like, oh, yes, I just chew right through that brown. Not, it turned I'm done. You, you bite into an apple, you got to go all in. Now, obviously, I don't eat apples. You can look at me and tell that. But for you apple-eating folk, uh, if you don't go all in, if you let it sit there, that thing is changing colors. Why? Because stuff is deteriorating. We, some, somebody asked, um, how do you feel? One, one person said, well, oh, I'm dying. That was Doc Holliday. And Tombstone, by the way. Uh, But I tell my kids every time he says that, I'm like, well, we're all dying. We just don't know when we're going to be done dying. We have cells dying right now. Uh, I saw on the uh, Discovery Channel one of the grossest things I've ever seen in my life. That's why people watch the Discovery Channel, right? They want to see weird stuff. And they blew up an eyelash. They blew up an eyelash the size of a tree trunk, and it showed Hundreds of millions of crawling things scurrying across your eyelashes. And I thought, that's and, and then they threw their addendum out there. They said, please do not attempt to go to your sink and wash these off. They don't come off. And then they blew up a tiny little speck of skin. Do you know your skin right now is crawling and falling? Dying and, here, here's, a good, here's, here's a good English word, sloughing off. How gross is that? Stuff left alone just naturally goes bad. So if you, if you just leave it alone, I tell you what, you, you don't believe me? Uh, y- y'all, y'all go to somebody's house who's left cleaning alone for a while. You, you don't have to work to put dirt in your home. It'll just show up. You don't believe me? Check the top of that ceiling fan real quick. It just, it just happened, but I have to throw that addendum in, except the McDonald's hamburger. They locked a McDonald's hamburger inside of the back seat of a car in a junkyard in Florida. You know how hot it gets in the back seat of a car in a junkyard in Florida? Left it there for a year, took it out, laid it beside a fresh one, and nine out of ten people couldn't tell the difference. I think one person guessed and got it right. Uh, McDonald's hamburger is not bound by the laws of physics. It's just not we are so unless you're a McDonald 's hamburger, if you don't change for the better, guess what what your change is going to be for. the worse we don 't want that. we want to change for the better. some people think well i'm just i'm good being me uh you need education. you need a better look at who me is you You need to realize that no one is really just stay even. Some people confuse the situation and think, "Well, I'm not really uh, I'm not really moving forward, but thank God I'm not moving back either. I'm just kind of leveled out." No, you you just gotten used to the downward slope. You've just gotten used to falling downhill and you don't realize it, but we need to do better, say better. We can't just leave this thing alone. Now, I love when the calendar gives us psychological permission to change because I know change Change is very hard for me. Uh, I, some people asked about well, where's my navigator this morning. My navigator's in my driveway. The reason my navigator's in my driveway is because it's hard for me to let go of stuff. My navigator's been breaking down for about the last three years. Air conditioning coming in and out, electrical stuff going on with it. And so I've been thinking about uh, buying. A, uh, not I don't buy new cars. I buy new to me cars because uh, new cars get ripped off. But so I finally just de- I finally decided. On, on a vehicle, I took my navigator in. Now, to me, that navigator's beast. That navigator, I put 215,000 miles on that navigator. That navigator rolls out. When, when, they, when they told me they'd give me $2,500 for that navigator, <laughs> I thought, now what kind of preacher been driving around in a $2,000 car hauling his precious children every day around the country in a $2,000? I take that car into the mountains every year. Anybody got a $2,000 car they want to trust the preacher and his small children in for it? But anyway, I, I, I'm like, no, I can't, I can't let go of Big Black. I just ain't. I, I, I don't like change. Anybody with me? The rest of y'all lying. Oh, I love change, Pastor. Then do it. Do it. But do it for the better. Do it for the better. But the calendar gives us certain dates of the year to change where psychologically we give ourselves permission, even resistant people to change, give themselves permission on New Year's. Oh, it's new. It, 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 literally, people wait. People be just just huge, I mean, thick. That's another word for what? Just be fat all over like me and, and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on a diet. On new- go now. People like, people just... Don't like the way they look. Don't like, see, here's, that's just, that's other people. That's not me. I, I, I told y'all I made peace with my fat a long time ago. I am down to 215, though, so you got some chasing to do. See? And, and Elder Jimmy and I have weighed the same weight for 10 years within pounds of each other. But so that's the inside joke. But I made peace with my fat. Other people, they're thinking, oh, I'm going to get in the gym. Come on, y'all. Get in the gym. If you're not a gym person, please don't spend money getting in the gym. Go on a week-free pass and then realize, oh, this ain't really for me. Or, or, or let somebody sneak you into their gym. for. Don't be that dude that joins a gym in January and, uh, and, and quits before February. That means you join and quit in the same month. But a lot of people say, well, uh, I, my New Year's, I'm going to change. In New Year's, I'm going to get in the gym. Come, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to get. Why would you wait to do something that you found beneficial? I mean, that's like going into the Krispy Kreme donut shop on Cassett Avenue when the hot now sign and they're making them things and you you see them rolling across that just beautiful pop up out of that grease and just. <laughs> They spray all that sugar glaze on there, and and they got cold milk sitting there, Borden's Red Cap, don't give me none of that foolishness, fake milk. They got real milk up in there, and and I sit that warmed up. That donut is so warm and so soft. Listen, no teeth required. Am I right? You gum that thing. Oh, a warm, Krispy Kreme donut. That's like you looking at that and thinking, Oh, I do love Krispy Kreme donut, but I think I'll wait. You wait too long, I'll eat it off your plate. But no, well, I think I'll just, I, I te- I'll take mine in a box and I'll wait to eat it tomorrow. You're ignorant as you want to be. That thing is not going to be good for you tomorrow like it is right now. We don't wait on the things that we enjoy. We dive right in. We wait on things that we really don't want to do, and that's why I love when the calendar gives us psychological permission to change because we know change should happen whenever you recognize the need for change. You don't put your hand, well, I mean, I hope not, but some of y'all, if you put your hand on the stove and think, yeah, I need to change the location of my hand right now because I can smell it burning. By the time you can smell it, you're in trouble. If you can't move it, you're, you're just out of luck. As soon as you recognize the need for your hand to change location, you change it. But we don't change for the better without a lot of stimulus. We are creatures of habit that get stuck in routines and resist change with everything on the inside of us. Certain times of the year, we give ourselves psychological permission to change, and it's typically... New Year's and anytime the seasons are changing. We take this psychological predisposition to, oh, well, change is happening. Maybe I can change. Say maybe. Maybe you can change too. So let's let's talk about change a little bit this morning. Let me read uh, our opening text in a different version. Uh, in, the, in the New Living it says, what this means is those who become Christians become Christians new persons, they're not the same anymore, the old life is gone, a new life has begun. Now I'm going to be a little different in my teaching style this morning, typically I'll take one passage of scripture, stay inside that one passage of scripture and exhaust it, I'm going to use a couple different scriptures this morning to talk about change, but listen to what this is, it says that those who have become Christians become new persons, if you've ever truly been saved, you understand that. If you've ever truly been born again, walking an aisle, praying a prayer, shaking my hand, that necessarily won't end you up in being born again. But if you ever truly get saved, according to the Scripture, if you ever have a life-changing encounter with the Spirit of God and, and, and God comes to live on the inside of you, you are going to be a different person. You are going to become a new type of person that's why when your family and your friends try to hold you in bondage and say oh you don't have to act churchy in front of me I know you I've been knowing you you need to let them know if you're truly saved no you know the old me there's a new me going on right now and you need to give yourself permission to be a new you because the Bible says when you become a Christian you become a new person it says they're not the same anymore for the old life is gone a new life has begun i hope that you have a you that you used to be and a you that you are right now i hope there's the old you and the new you if you haven't found a new you yet then you don't, you haven't experienced the born again phenomenon that the bible talks about and you need real salvation in romans 12 2 the bible says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world but let god transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There are a lot of people who come to church that have never been saved, that try to turn over a new leaf, but then they realize this leaf ain't changing. There are a lot of people who come to church because someone invites them, someone drags them, someone makes them come, they get emotional and decide, I wanna try church for a little while, But without real salvation, without transformation, church just becomes boring. It clutters up your calendar. It causes you to be bitter and negative and judgmental. It causes you to get angry at others and yourself. That's if you're coming to church unsaved. Listen, don't come to church unsaved. And if you do come to church unsaved, get saved and don't come back to church unsaved. You're like, well, you telling me I can't come back if I'm unsafe? You can, but you're only prolonging your own agony. You can't receive, the Scripture says, that you can't receive spiritual things until you become a spiritual person. We start in this world natural. We become spiritual through the new birth. But the Bible says that for Christians, we shouldn't be copying the behaviors and customs of this world. Now, I'm not saying that every church that has a laser light show a fog machine and turns the lights down to make a concert feel so everybody can feel like they're smoking dope and getting high listening to their favorite kind of music is not right with God. But I am saying it looks too worldly for me to be involved in it. That's, that's just me. I, you you got to live how you got to live, and I got to live how I got to live. But the Bible says don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. This is what is wrong with church in America. Church in America became a business in the last hundred years, where preachers could get rich if they had enough members and buy their own private jets. And 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 not, I mean, it used to be a big deal for a preacher to be able to fly somewhere, and then the big time preacher were all flying first class. But that wasn't enough because church became such a business. Pastors started buying their own jets and and flying in their own private jets. But the scripture tells us not to copy the behavior and customs of this world the problem is not that there aren't good churches not that there there aren't people who are truly saved in this country but the problem is the church has let the world come inside and change the church instead of the church going outside and changing the world We're supposed to go out into the world and be agents of change, be ambassadors for Christ, go out and represent God and change our schools, change our workplace, change our community. But because preachers realize, hey, if I have more people coming than the other churches, we'll have the best kids department in the whole city. Then more people than that will even come. And church became business by copying the behaviors and customs of the world. I knew I was in the wrong place the first year. We started the church. I went out to California to a church growth conference. I was young, and I thought, let me go see how the big boys do it. And so I went out to Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Church Conference in California. And when I started, the first day, I realized this is not going to be for me. Because the first thing he said is never preach longer than 25 minutes, never say anything that could be controversial, never say anything that could cause someone to feel guilty over their lifestyle. I'm thinking... You sure we're talking about church here? We, and, and I went home and told my mom that, and I'm like, Mom, he said don't step on people's toes because they get beat up all week long. And, and my mom says, Son, if my feet are pointed in the wrong direction, I need you to stomp on them until I start walking in the right direction. See, the Scripture says that a fool has no heart for correction, but wise people love correction. So so all these, all these things, all these customs, worldly customs that church has adopted and brought in, have not made the church better. It has made churches bigger. It's made churches richer. It's given them better parking lots and better parking garages and, 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 and better places to, to have service in. But the Bible tells us not to bring the behavior and the custom of the world uh, into our lives, but to let God transform you into a new person. We studied this verse before, and I've told you that Greek word transform is schema, and it's the same uh, metamorphosis uh, concept of a, uh, there's the word transform can be schema or morphe, and they both have the same type of concept. We get the image of metamorphosis from a caterpillar turning into a what? If you were a caterpillar yesterday and you were a butterfly today, we won't recognize you. You're different. You, you don't even travel the same way. You don't look the same way. You don't You don't operate. You don't move the same way. There's a transformation that is supposed to happen to the Christian. Th- this is why so many people think that they're really saved. Do you know if everybody that was truly saved was saved, sanctified, fire baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, Bible-toting, Scripture-quoting, devil-chasing, demon-hating, Lover of God, I mean, Holy Ghost power on fire for Jesus, Less people sitting in church would think, oh, yeah, I'm saved too. See, too, what saved has become is not the real image of Bible salvation because Bible salvation is about change. It's about transformation. It's, it's about being a new person. And the Bible says that we, we should let God transform us into a new person by changing the way you think. We've got to get our thinking right so that we can learn to know God's will, which is pleasing and perfect. We've got to change. Say change. The life that God wants us to live is a life of continually being changed. In the book of Ephesians, the the scripture says, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's not a discourse on drinking. That's not saying don't Drink. It's not really even a discourse on why you shouldn't be drunk, although the Bible does say repeatedly not to be drunk. What it is a teaching on is don't allow anything to control you except the Holy Spirit. Don't allow anything to, to take control of your mind. You, you know, you drink too much liquor, it'll, it'll make you think wrong. Uh, it, 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 uh, I mean, I've never done crack, but I'm guessing that will too, amen? You give control of your body to something when you allow different agents to come into your body. If you allow the Holy Ghost to come into your body, there's going to be some change happening. If you let the Spirit control you, it says be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that word filled in the Greek is in the continuous tense. That's why when I hear people say, oh, Pastor Scott, I got filled with the Holy Ghost in 1987. Uh, Well, you're out of gas by now. You... That, that, that's not, I mean, that's great. I'm excited for you. But that word filled is continued. That's like saying, Pastor Scott, I filled up my gas tank uh, on, on January 1st. The start a new year. I filled up my, if you haven't put any new gas in, you're not, you're not very powerful at this point. That word filled is constant, it's continual. And that's the same way this changes. Change is designed to be a constant and a continual. That, that's like your kids saying, I cleaned my room. Well, I'm glad that you cleaned your room, but I want you to keep your room clean. You see the continual n- nature of that? That's not a one-time issue. That, that, that's, that's like your husband coming on home saying, I was faithful to you last month. Y'all see where I'm going with this? That's just not good enough, is it? Some of the guys are like, hey, it's a step in the right direction. Did my best. Can't tell you about next week. (laughs) It's okay to laugh in church. Laughter does a heart good like medicine. But this is something that needs to be a lifestyle of change. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under heaven. And that chapter goes on to talk about different things that come into our life that are seasonal. And those are hard for those of us who don't like change. Um, want things to stay how they are, want things to stay in our comfort zone. But I want to tell you something today. If you don't get anything out of the teaching this morning, get this. Life for the Christian is not designed to be comfortable. It's designed to be changing. It's designed to be changing, the Bible says, from one level of glory to the next level of glory. It's designed to grow as a believer. Growth causes body aches, causes pains, and change can Be painful. Today's the last day of September, and things are changing in the natural. And when things are changing in the natural, psychologically, we give ourselves permission to change in the spiritual. Uh, We just crossed over. If you watch sunrise and sunset, we just crossed over last week from having more minutes of sun than less. We just crossed over. That's what happens in, 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 when, when the equinox, that's what happens in, when the change of season. That's what happens on September 21st when we go from summer into fall. The, the nights start getting longer. We right now, today, sun came up at 719, going down at 712. So we've got seven minutes less day than we have night. The night is currently now longer than the day, and that's going to keep going for some months. And it's going to get worse, and it's going to get worse. Then America's going to complicate that by changing the clocks. And, you know, it, you, it gets dark. It was getting dark at 8.30 a, couple, a month ago. Now it's getting dark at 7.30. Now they, then it's going to start getting dark closer to 6. They're going to change the clocks back. We're just going to be living like Alaska, dark all the time. But cooler nights are coming. Some of you are like, cooler nights aren't coming. It's Florida. It's not Florida. It's Florida. Y'all need to watch a good time. You never heard John Amos call his wife Florida, did you? Florida. Anyway, that's just for some of y'all. It'll help you learn how to get along. I hear people, I had people tell me my whole life, there's just no change of seasons in Florida. I, I just, I so much, I so much miss the Northwest. We had change of seasons. I want to throw a little something at y'all Northwest folk, Uncle Ken. <laughs> It's right off the weather channel. Let me get my date. August twenty-seventh, snow has blanketed the Rockies in Montana and Wyoming in August. August. But Florida doesn't have a change. It's snowing there in August. Well, but the Midwest has such a great change. It snows there eight months out of the year. What y'all mean is y'all miss cold weather. But for those of y'all that still think the weather doesn't change, my my kids and I, we walked out early one morning about a week or so ago, and we all just looked at each other like, man, you feel that cold wind? I said, now you know you can't say that from, from anybody north of Callahan. They'd be like, it's 71. It's not cold. It's getting there. It's changing. Uh, and so this change is happening. Cooler nights are coming. Winter will be around the corner. Then spring. Then summer. And so on and so on. That's the pattern God set in place so that times would change, seasons would change, uh, the sun being up and down would change. Warm weather, cold weather, change. Uh, life is about change. And even in our own lives, we go through different seasons in our life. Good seasons and bad seasons. I got a call when I was in the office praying. Uh, Mike Moore, his sister, is uh, dying, Bobby Joe. Uh, they're all up at the hospital with her, uh, so pray for them. Um, but life, it, we go through seasons, good and bad, happy and sad. There are times in life when you're up and times in life when you're down. Now, some of y'all have been down for too long. You missed your season of upswing, and you stayed on the down cycle. You you, you need to be moving with God so that you can have seasons of going up and seasons of going down. Listen, don't be sad because you're not always on the mountaintop. Nothing grows on the mountaintop. The mountaintop is a barren place. Uh, Growth happens in the valley. The thick green grass is in the valley. There's there's a time for the mountaintop experience. There's a time for the valley experience. There's a time for a good season. There's a time for a hard season. Tests will bring about a testimony. Your, Your trials can help you grow. These are all designed by God. The problem is too many of God's people get stuck and they don't change for anything. They just stay the same. They say that same bad thinking, same bad living, and then they wonder why things aren't getting any better from them. But what we need to learn from all this is that change is good. Now, see, if you ask me in my natural, do I feel like change is good, my kids could tell you, dude don't like to change at all. At all. You can name any restaurant, almost any restaurant in this city, because we eat out every night, and my kids could tell you what I'm going to get. We laugh when the waitress asks us, are we ready? When the three of us sat down and were driving, and we decided where to pick, either one of y'all, what, what am I going to eat at Panda? You said that in unity. It ain't no mystery here. Or do y'all need a minute, Lady, my kids could have told you last week what I was going to eat when we pulled in this joint. Olive Garden It's it's never going to change It's going to be the same thing Seafood joint It's just never going to change Oh I'm old I don't like change Man that lady better quit asking me at Cracker Barrel What kind of jelly I want with my biscuit Strawberry lady what time is it Boysenberry! I will set this place on fire. She bring me boysenberry one more again. I tell I. I hope it don't burn up today. They blame it on me. Now that's on a biscuit though. What color jelly's in the refrigerator? What color jelly was in the refrigerator last year? What color jelly's gonna be in the refrigerator next year? you don't have straw no boys and, no boys and berry i don't even believe that's a real thing they made that up don't send i know it's a i come on in my natural i resist change more than anybody i've been sleeping on a bad mattress for a long time and a dude just broke his neck and had a back surgery waiting on another one should should have a better mattress uh but I just, you know, I'm like, ah, you know, it's been holding up for over a decade. I mean, how bad can it be? Now, if you're one of these cats to change your mattress out like they say every seven years, you getting used. I just, I, I just don't like I'm sitting on the same couch I've been sitting on their whole life. Hey, that couch is the bomb, though tell the Deacon West, what's wrong with that couch? That couch looks good, don't it? You think they could tell my couch is 15 years old if they walked in and looked at it? Negative he said. You know why? A little parenting moment for y'all. Because I don't let children stand up on my furniture and roll around eat food on my furniture. That lazy boy sectional is going to be good until Jesus comes back. I ain't changing couches. Bad enough I had to change cars. As somebody asked me, Pastor, how long are you going to drive around in a car with no air? I told him, it works every now and then. <laughs> Jess, you, you remember when y'all came over about four months ago and, and fixed the air conditioning? A, a week later, the bottom one went out. We spent the whole summer with no bottom AC. Just because I don't have a couple dollars to get it fixed, I'm just like, nah, it's all right how it is. Get too hot, y'all go upstairs. Go play at your neighbor's house. They got air conditioning. <laughs> I just don't like change. I just don't like mu- it, That's in the natural. Hopefully you're not as resistant to change as I am. Uh, I, I'm not even, even going to get into collections and, and how much stuff I've kept over the years. But I know as much as anyone, change can be difficult. But I also know biblically God wants us to change. And here's the thing that we all need to understand. Our personalities do not give us excuses, legitimate excuses before God to disobey him. That's why a lot of people won't come back tonight, Jeff, for praise and worship, night of worship. Because they're like, well, I just, you know, that's not my thing. I'm just not really into music the way some people. God didn't ask if you were into music. Some of y'all aren't into being nice, but God said be nice. Be nice. Well, I, I, the, the Bible says to share your faith. Well, I'm just not an outgoing person. Your introvertedness does not give you an excuse to not tell people about Christ. And, and, and your level of easeability for change doesn't give you an excuse. Even though change doesn't always feel good, let me tell you what, it will move you from one season of your life to the next. And it will get you on the progress track that God has for you. And that's why even myself, I know that change can be a good thing. It's hard for us to accept it but if we're going to be who god wants us to be we've got to change i want to think about our text this morning let's look at our opening text again first corinthians five seventeen. therefore if any man i've told you guys this for years typically when the bible says the word man it's not always referring to gender specific as it is here it's not being gender specific it's talking about a human any person if anyone is in christ they're a new creature Listen to what it goes on to say. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. When I first read that verse, I fell in love with it. It was one of the first verses of Scripture I ever memorized because I knew my life changed when I got saved. I became a different person. Things passed away. New things started happening in my life. But as I studied it more and more, I thought, all things are become new. And sometimes I read in the Bible, and I think, well, I know the Bible is true, but it's just not always true about me. And if the Bible is true, but I'm not lining up with it, guess who needs to change? I do. Because the Scripture is perfect. This is God's determined plan that all things become new. Some of y'all need to let some new things come into your life. God wants to bring some new things into your life. But until you're willing to let go of the old and change, you're not going to be able to catch up to God's plan for you. And for this to happen, for us to be who God wants us to be, these three things... In this verse, have to happen. Well, you got to become a new creature. You, you, old things have to pass away, and all things have to become new. That's all about change. Let me get into this acronym for the word change this morning. I want you to think about this. If you're taking notes, write it down. It'll be online for free. Uh if, if you just want to listen. But this acronym for change, uh, God gave me this several years ago, and I want you to think about it this week, at least as much as I've been thinking about it. Let's look at these. Uh, acronym for change C stands for commitment say commitment if you really want to change you're gonna have to be committed to it a lot of y'all have heard my foolish story about joining a gym uh when when Gail was alive I joined a gym we were living on the west side I joined a gym on Normandy Boulevard it was a new gym it was a Christian gym they played Christian music in there some you know Christian dude rooked me into joining and so I, I joined um I went twice didn't go back. I paid all of it up front. They said, if you pay up front, we'll give you 10% discount for the whole year. Paid the whole thing up year. Went twice. Um, and so was that a waste of money? I, I didn't really change my physique any that year. I, uh, uh, if, if I got bigger, it was from eating, not from working out. Um, if I got healthier, it was just because God needed me to be and, and not anything I was doing. But at the end of that year, they sent me a renewal notice. Your gym membership, and I'm thinking, well, that's, that, you said that loosely, my gym membership. I don't, y'all wouldn't even know me if I walked in. I could say I'm a member. I haven't been in 11 months. Your gym membership is up for renewal. Because you've paid in the past uh, a year up front, if you pay again a year up front, we'll give you a 20% discount. I'm thinking, oh, that's double what I got last year. Is that a deal? I mean, That's a deal. That is a deal. That's 20% off to pay up front is a deal. I, I, to, I told Gail, I said, baby, look, I do need to get in this gym. You know that. We, I, I, I need to make, make some changes. I need to get in this gym. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could get 20% off. She's like, Scott, you know you're not going to go to that gym. I said, at a deal like this, I, I, I just have to. I mailed those people a check for the whole 12 months in advance. Got my little 20% off thinking I was getting over like Rover to Casanova. But guess what? I, I, I got ski-dunked because I never went one time. Not once. And I'm like, but at least I saved 20%. Uh, that's how some of y'all women shop. Y'all broke as a joke. Finance is just deader than old man Fred. You, you, you're like, we don't have any money, but I'm going to go shopping because stuff's on sale. And you come home and and spent $217 and try to convince yourself. But I saved. I have heard women say this out of their mouth. I saved more than I spent. That's not true. It's true they say it. Now, I only only spent $300. But I had $400 worth of savings. Them savings ain't real. That's like me saving 20% on a gym membership I never used. The money's gone. But all these things... uh, what they're lacking, why, why do women go spend money? Or even men go spend money uh, on sale when, when they're broke. Well, some of it's emotional. I get the retail therapy aspect of it. But the, rea- the reality is they need change, and they're, in, they're not committed to making it. The change you need is not a new pair of, of, of shoes. The, the change you need is on the inside. Say inside. Now, The change some of us need may be found in a gym, but more importantly than that, The real change we need is on the inside. And for this change to happen, it's going to take a lot of commitment. I was not committed to that gym. I spent my money on it. I ran my mouth about it. But I was not really committed to it because had I been committed to it, um, it would have changed me. And this is where people miss, miss the concept of change. I've had so many people say, oh, yeah, I tried the God thing. I tried church. I tried reading the Bible. I tried tithing. None of that worked for me. And I know automatically just what every personal trainer knows if they hear someone say, oh, I tried all that working out and eating right and getting proper nutrition, and it just didn't work for me. Uh, what, what, What do we know about that, Elder Keon? They didn't work the plan, did they? It's not that it doesn't work for you. It's that you didn't work the plan. Why? Because real change takes commitment. Say commitment. We looked at this verse Wednesday night. I'll read it to you again. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Some people in Christ are being rewarded. They're being blessed. They're being rewarded with more peace in their mind, more joy in their spirit. Some people are being rewarded financially while others are coming to church wondering why isn't this working for me? Well, the scripture says he's a rewarder of them that what? diligently seek him. This is about a commitment. This is about doing something and doing it and doing it and continuing to do it. A lot of people say that they want to change, but if you're not committed to it, then it's just not going to work for you. If I went around the room right now and I started with Alex and went all the way around the room and said, tell me the one thing that you need to change more than anything else, Uh Teenage boy, I don't know. You know, we typically start with attitude. What do you think, Mom? <laughs> we, I mean, he's a good kid. He already makes good grades. So we get, I mean, but what would it be when I came to you? I said, what's the one thing that you need to change? Do you realize that there's enough mind power in this room? No matter what you came up with, we could tell you what you need to do to make that change happen in your life. Okay, if you said... If I came to you and you're like, well, you know, I'm you know, a little thick. What's that mean? If I'm a little thick, uh, I, I probably need to lose a few pounds. You think we could come up with a, with a quick strategy? Less what? More what? There you go. There's your whole strategy right there. Take in less food. Work out sweat more. You, I mean, we could come up with a strategy for whatever problem you got. Come around. I, I just love honesty. I, I, you know, we get, get to somebody and they're like, I, just, I, I probably need to change hoeing around. You think we come up with a strategy for that? We can. But will it work without commitment to it? This is why some people can say church is not working for me. God's not working for me. Tithing's not working for me because real change requires commitment. What's the next letter in the word change? H. H stands for his way. Say his way. His way. If you want real change, you have to change his way. See, here's the reality. Too many people want life to happen on their schedule. If you haven't figured this out yet, it don't. If you haven't figured this out yet, if you're still getting depressed because you can't understand why things keep happening to you, then you haven't matured to the point where you realize you are not in control. It's going to be God's deal. If you want to change, if you want to change for the better as a believer, you got to do it God's way. I, I can hear it in my voice. Drill Sergeant Robbins, 1986, Fort Dix, New Jersey, basic training, United States Army. He said it all the time. This ain't Burger King. This ain't Burger King. You think this is Burger King? This ain't Burger King. You know, what we were, you know what we learned in basic training? Sure wasn't Burger King. Now, y'all know in 1986, some of y'all weren't alive, but for those of y'all were, Burger King was rocking that, have it your way, have it your way. They were letting, see, because back in the day, now McDonald's, you can go into McDonald's right now and say, I want a McChicken. With no lettuce on it, because that shredded lettuce they put on it is nasty. But that's just me. And they would do that. In the 80s, if you walked in and told McDonald's, uh, yeah, I'd like a Whopper, no pickles, they would refer you to the jingle. The jingle? Y'all forgot already? Some of y'all can say it backwards, beef all too. But if you want to say it forward, it's two all beef patty, special sauce on cheese, pickles on the sesame seed bun. Lettuce, cheese, what? Pickles. I'd like that. Oh, Big Mac, no pickles. Sir, that's two all beef patties. Special sauce. Lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a. And you know what you can get off that? Your feet from our restaurant because we serve it one way. This ain't burger. McDonald's didn't take special orders. So Burger King came out, hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Anybody remember the next two words? Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us have it your way. Snap <laughs> McDonald's had to catch up to the times. We're getting run out by Burger King. All you got to do is peel the bun up, snatch them pickles off. Still going to taste like pickle juice, though. What am I telling you? If you want to change in Christ, you got to do it His way. This is why some people are so unsuccessful coming to church. You keep telling yourself in your mind that you need to change, but your heart won't embrace God's ways of change. And it's very hard to do what your mind is telling you when your heart is rejecting it. The mind can accept it, but if the heart rejects it, change is not going to happen. You've got to change God's way. Psalm 128:1 one says, Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord that walks in His ways god has his own ways and too many people are trying to go burger king's route and have it their way but that doesn't work in the kingdom that's why rebellious people don't prosper in the kingdom that's why change resistant people can't prosper in the kingdom that's why people who don't like being told what to do don't prosper in the kingdom because god has very definite plans and god has very definite ways and it says that you are blessed if you walk in his ways isaiah 55.9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Not only must we be committed to change, but we've got to change His way. we got a lot of changing to do if we're going to change the way God says change. We've got to change the way we talk, the way we walk, the way we treat each other. We've got to stop doing things our way and start doing things His way. That's a lot. Let me break it down in steps for you. Change the way we talk. Now, I had professors tell me for years in Bible college, you're going to have to lose that country accent. You're going to have to change the way you talk. And they they wanted me to stand behind the pulpit and say, in 2 Corinthians, in the 5th chapter, beginning in verse 17, the Bible tells us, therefore, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That's fake. That's phony. That's ridiculous. That's contrived. When I I say change the way we talk, I'm not talking about your accent. I'm talking about the words that you say and the way that you say it. In Psalm 1914, the Bible says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. My strength And my Redeemer. If the psalmist is asking for his words to be acceptable to God, then that tells us that God can consider our words what? Unacceptable as well. So I I need you to determine, have the words you've been speaking lately in your home, on your job, in your school, to your friends, on text, on type, on, 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 on voice, are these words things that God would consider acceptable or Unacceptable. Ephesians 4.29. I had so many people say, you can't show me don't cuss in the Bible. Well, let's work on this. Ephesians 4.29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Now, here's the reality. For people like, well, I, I just don't think cussing is that bad. Really, go to your grandmama's house and hit her with some of them words you, 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 you say around your friends and see how quick you catch a hand to the mouth. Grandmama knows what cussing is, and, and she will let you know. if you got Now, some of y'all got, you know, grandmama rolled a joint for you and cuss with you. I ain't talking about her. Leave Medea out. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I have got to concentrate on God to stay in this groove, because I was raised in such a verbally abusive household, I hear stuff in my head that I have to erase before I open my mouth. I, I See, if one of my kids, and they don't do it because they know I got OCD, but if one of my kids, I can't even remember the last time anybody spilled a, uh, a, a glass of anything uh, and we eat out every day, but if, if one of my kids w- was to knock over a, a glass at the table, I hear screaming in my head, my stepfather's voice, how can you be so stupid? What? And his rant, instead of a normal person would just think, well, let's clean that up. I know that that was an accident. I don't know what your normal process of words that, that want to come out of your mouth, but I tell you this, the Scripture says that every word that you say should be an encouragement to those who hear them. How are you doing on that plan? See, I know people, and, and it's on every different level. You go deep uh, in, into the country, and, and, and they just want to hack on you. Uh, oh, man, I'm just bothering you. I'm just picking on you. I'm just hacking on you. And they, and they tell you stupid stuff like, "Oh, we, 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 wouldn't, we wouldn't even pick on you if we didn't like you, love you. What kind of ignorant, inbred, redneck, backward mentality is that? You're in there bothering me, picking on me, harassing me because you like me. Please like me less. Please like me less. Hey, but you don't just have to find it, you know, uh, in, in, in the deep cornfield you, or, or cotton field. You, you can go all the way into the ghetto where they play the dozens just all day long. You so stank. And then they'll just tell you 47 different ways why you stank. And, and, then, and then if they just really want to go in, they'll just talk about your mama. And that'll let you know. Your mama's so black she went to night school, they marked her absence. I know y'all heard that. I had to say something. Some of y'all wouldn't smile. If, if I stripped down naked and rolled in honey, some of y'all wouldn't smile. It'd be funny. I'm not going to do it. You got to change the way you talk. Say talk. Your words need to be gracious. They need to be edifying. Quit thinking I'm just picking on people when you're running people down. What's up, stupid? My fist in your mouth. Don't talk to people like that. I've told y'all for years. I mean, church folk are some of the craziest people. I've had people for years come up to me and say, Are you okay? You look like you don't feel good. Well, A, I don't feel good, but if you just want to tell me I look like crap, just be man enough, woman enough to say it. like the way I look? I don't like the way you look either, but I don't walk up to you and like, are you gaining weight because you're sure looking thick today? Why? That's not gracious. That's not kind. Some of y'all just need to force yourself to read that little book about this thick called How to Win Friends and Influence People. It doesn't start with, what's up, ugly? Oh, that's just how we do. That's just how we play with each other because the enemy taught you how to use abusive language and find it acceptable. And we need to change the way we talk. Not only that, we need to change the way we walk. Now, walk in the Bible typically refers to lifestyle. Uh, Some people do need to change the way they walk. I mean, straight pimping, hard pimping. I mean, just just gangster walk. That that went out in the 70s, y'all. I mean, you you don't have to get it all like this when you walk. I mean, if you you just got to It's not talking about that kind of walk. It's not talking about cowboy walk because you've been sitting on a horse too long. Now, you, you know, you could change that. You, you can change that pimping walk. So If you're legged, you can't do much about that. One, last, one, one literal walk, and then we'll get into the scriptural type of walk. If you walk holding your waistband right this low to keep, your, to keep your belt line above your knees, you don't just need to change the way you walk. You need to change the size of drawers you're wearing. All right, but this is talking about life. Say life. Ch- change the way we live. Ephesians 5 to 15 says, therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. It's not your physical walk it's talking about, it's your lifestyle. You need to be concerned with how you're living. You need to be concerned with what your life is representing. See, if you walk around with your britches sagging and you're all like, You represent all the wrong things. I'm not talking about your physical walk. I'm talking about your life in front of people. What do they see when you? What do you represent? The Bible tells us we should represent God. You need to be careful what you're representing because people are still saying it. Number one reason people won't come to church is why? Hip, that's what they say. Hypocrites. Too many hypocrites in the church. Tell them what I tell them. You go to Winn Dixie. You still go to Target, Walmart. You still, some of y'all got money, y'all go to Publix. Uh, that's funny, you didn't get it. You still go there. Hey, there's hypocrites there too. Doesn't stop you. Hey, and, and bottom line is you go home at night, and there's hypocrites there too. But the reality is too many people in the church are living wrong, and we need to change our lifestyle so we represent our God better. Third thing I said, you got to change the way you treat each other. we got to really start loving each other. Uh, It's so funny. I was wearing a BFAM shirt last night uh, getting uh, groceries and buy groceries. What were were all the items we put on that roller last night, Seth? You don't remember? How many of them? Anything else? That was it. That's the whole grocery list, two Dr. Pepper's. (laughs) They got to be tripped out. I, I go grocery shopping. It's milk, cereal, and Dr. Pepper. We had milk and cereal, okay? So we, 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 didn't have, we didn't have to go that route. Why in the world did I say that? Oh, I'm old. So, and Seth noticed this, and it was so wild, man. It's the public spot of the house. And, you know, Dr. Pepper costs what it costs, no matter where you buy it. And I got on the BFAM shirt with all the writing and the crossed-off words, and this dude, 16, 20, I can't tell how old he was. Big old corn-fed dude, white guy, bagging groceries. The whole time, he's like this. And we walk out and says, like, man, did you see how intently that dude was reading your shirt? I said, I thought he was going to take it from me. But he got to see a representation of Christianity. Now, it's not just about the apparel you wear, although apparel can help. And if you want to wear some Christian apparel, you need to get some BFAM shirts from Jeff uh, and and represent Christ. Uh, People don't have a problem representing their team. I know y'all, you know, all these people, y'all just love chanting and screaming. Did they lose again? They won. 28-24. Had you sweating, though. Uh, It's not just about representing that way. But we, we need to learn how to treat each other because here's what Jesus said in John 13, 35. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you love one another. See, we can wear Christian apparel and, and not really be Christian. You can, you can wear Florida State. You can wear gator stuff. You can represent the U and, and not really be a fan. But the life that you live in front of people does tell something about you. And I wonder what your life is telling. It doesn't say that this is how everybody will know that we follow Jesus because we go to church. It says because we love each other. It freaks people out when they see our parking lot leaving. Because most places in this city do not have this diverse of a crowd. They they don't have white people going to church with black people and Hispanics and and, and Haitians and and Asians and, and all that. But we need to learn how to love each other because Jesus said that's how people are going to know that we are really following him. So we need to change the way we talk. We need to change the way we, we live. We need to change the way we treat each other. We've got to be committed. We've got to do it his way. C-H, what's the next letter in the word change? And I've got to rush through this. A, A stands for action. We need to take action. And we don't need to take a little action. We need to take massive action. Because a little action will give you how much change? A lot of action to give you how much change. We need to take a lot of action. I'm going to rush through this to get you out of here. James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. I, 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 love, I love the way it says it in King James, uh, that, don't, 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 uh, that we got to be doers of the word. We can't just be hearers. we got to be doers of the word of the word it says don't just listen to God's word you must do what it says or you're only fooling yourself so let me just check Bible scholars before we get out of here if someone comes to church and listens to the Bible but they don't do what the Bible tells them to do what are they doing they're just fooling themselves they're just in their mind oh I know I'm saved really you know you're saved how Are you working out your salvation with fear and trembling? Uh, The the, the, the scripture says, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. You got to do what the word says do if you want to have what the word says have. Uh, So so we've got to be committed. We got to do it his way. We got to take action. What's the next letter? N, say never give up. Too many quitters in the church. Too many people quitting on God. If you've been in church for any length of time, you know people who used to go to church that don't come anymore. You know people who used to serve faithfully in church, they don't serve God faithfully anymore. Why? Because they quit. Here's their excuse. Well, the pastor let me down. Well, if you wasn't holding him up, he couldn't let you down. Why is he on a pedestal? The only reason I'm standing up than you is because everybody can see me. I ain't the tallest man in the room. People need to stop making excuses for why they quit God. Well, I had I, church hurt preacher, church hurt. The church never hurt anybody. The Bible says the church is perfect, spotless, without blemish or wrinkle. The church is the bride of Christ, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. The church—it's not possible for the church to hurt you. People in the church might have let you down, but people in the church are just imperfect people. Serving a perfect God. Don't come to church thinking that the people are perfect. You're going to get disappointed. Don't come to church thinking that the preacher is perfect. You're going to get disappointed. But come to church because you love Jesus. I love what Charles Spurgeon said. I, I, where, Judy? I was, I was looking at some of those books the other day, and I was talking to Dean and Deacon Scott about him. I said, man, this, this dude, this dude could, I love the way he spoke. He could not pastor any church in America today. Because he was just so right at you. And people want a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go. Well, they don't even want the medicine. They just want two spoons of sugar in America now. They just want God loves you and everything's going to be okay. And that's the whole message and just all about good and fluffy. Uh, But this dude, he said, away with your excuses. I will have none of them. I would rather that you just plainly tell me that you hate my Christ, his Father and his Holy Spirit, and you despise his holy word and you refuse to live under its subjection. Wow. That kind of does out. You can't get that. He wasn't taking excuses. Well, I quit coming to church uh, because, you know, blah, 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 blah. Spurgeon would just tell him, away with that. Just say you hate God. Why are you making all this fluff up? Well, I, I, well, I used to go to church, but I don't go anymore because. Just, just hold on to all your because and, and just admit, I, I don't love God the way I should. We, we, we make too many excuses for, for why we give up when, when the Bible tells us that you're not supposed to give up. The saved life is an enduring life. Whatever you're going through, hear me well, don't give up. God is not for you quitting. Second Timothy 2.3 says, Endure suffering along with me. As a good soldier in Christ. Endure suffering. Makes it kind of hard for all these lying churches that say come to Jesus and you'll never have a problem when all the apostles endured suffering. When Jesus endured suffering. When all the saints of old have had to endure suffering. And when the scripture tells us, well, pastor, I'm just going through. Well, keep going. You know what the problem is? If you're going through and you keep going, listen, I promise you, you will get out of it. But if you're going through and you quit going in the middle of it, you're stuck in it. And that's why so many people are so miserable. When they were going through, they quit. If you're walking through a yard filled with poop and it's getting all over your shoes and you just decide, I can't take another step in this poopy yard. Guess what? You got two choices. You can keep stepping and get out of that yard or you can just lay down in it and stay stank you got to keep going. Look at somebody and say, keep going. Never, never give up. Matthew 24, 13 says, the one who endures to the end will be saved. All God's promises are are to those who endure. Quitters get nothing. We need to change the way we face hardship and never give up. What's the next word in the word change? G, say get involved. Get involved. Romans 12, 4 says, just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts for one body, but we all belong to each other. Put verse 4 back up there. The Bible says that we got arms and we got legs, feet. We, 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 we got fingers. We got toes. They all have a special function. And just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function function I want you to know every believer has a special function there's a reason God assigns people to a local church you have what we need to be complete as a church only though if you get involved in it everybody can't drive the bus but everybody can have a seat on the bus everybody can't drive the bus but everybody can have a function on the bus the problem happens when you're not doing your job See, some of y'all can sing, but you won't get on the praise and worship team. You are hurting yourself and the ministry of this church. Some of y'all can play instruments, but you won't get in the band. You are hurting yourself, and you're hurting the function of this church. Put verse 5 up on the screen for me, Deacon. So it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. You realize that if your hand isn't doing the job if my hand wasn't doing the job of holding up this microphone, this microphone would not be held up. There's a job God has assigned to you, and some of y'all aren't doing it, and you're hurting yourself, and you're hurting the community, and you're hurting the kingdom of God because you gave up on your gift. You gave up on your talent. You gave up on serving God. N stands for never give up. Next letter is G, say get involved. Oh, we already did get involved, so we're almost done. Uh, we need to get involved in each other's lives. We need to pray for each other. We need to get involved in serving God. Uh, we, We learned in our new members class that every Christian is designed to serve the Lord. Ministry is not just for preachers. More ministry happens on Saturday over here than happens on Sunday in this room. Ministry is about meeting needs, about helping people. We need to get involved in giving. Some people say, well, I don't give because tithing is Old Testament. Let me just run it by you one more time. Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23, you must tithe. Some people won't get involved in giving. Some people won't get involved in living. Some people won't get involved. Listen, if you want to be what God wants you to be, you got to live right, give right, do right, be right, serve right, act right, pray right, worship right. you got to get involved in your own spirituality. That's why you need to show up on Wednesday night. You need to get involved in learning this Bible. But some people just don't want to get involved. Listen, change isn't going to happen until you really get involved. Last letter for change is what? E, say expectancy. We need to expect great things from a great God. Uh, Everyone says they have faith in God, but some people expect from God. See, expectation is the true outworking of faith. If you don't expect anything from God, then you you don't really have great faith in God. You can say, oh, I believe in God, but if I say, what do you believe him for? And all you can say is salvation, salvation. If all you can say is you believe in God to get you into heaven, then, then you're not believing in God for enough. Can God heal your body? Yes, he can. Can he change your habits? Yes, he can. Can he bless your finances? Yes, he can. Can he make your crazy, driving you nuts children act right? Yes, he can with lots of prayer. But you have got to have an expectation on God. In Mark eleven twenty four, the Bible says, uh, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it'll be yours. you got to believe things. You've got to place an expectation on your faith. It's t- I told you, it's time for us to change. Change takes a lot of things. It takes commitment, His way, action, never giving up, getting involved, and expectation. Today can be your day of change. We've already moved into fall. If you don't pay attention to your life, we will move into winter and you will not have changed. If you don't pay attention to your life, we will move into 2019 and you won't change. If you don't pay attention to what's going on around you, you're going to be that person that at the end of their life is saying, I just don't know where all the years went. The time went by so fast. You realize time goes by the same for everybody? Time goes by the same, 24 hours in a day. For the ditch digger or the president, everybody has the same 24 hours in a day. 365.25 days in a year. And if you don't start paying attention to your life and making some changes, you're going to be in the same place a year from now as you are now. I know some people that would be honest enough to say, you know what? I, 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 I got out of church a while back and... Then before I knew it, I'd been out of church for a whole year, two years, five years, ten years. See, life just keeps on going. And the lie of the devil is to put off, procrastinate, live in I'm going to do land. We got to get out of what I'm going to do and get to what we're doing. Well, Pastor, I'm going to do better as soon as my kids graduate. Pastor, I'm going to do better as soon as I get this new job, I'm gonna do better, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do. Gonna do is not doing. It's just a lie of the devil. Well, one day I'm gonna get on the praise team, one day I'm gonna get in the band, one day I'm gonna get involved in men's group, one day I'm gonna get involved in women's group, one day I'm gonna get right with God in my prayer, one day I'm gonna start coming to a night of worship, one day I'm gonna do is just a lie of the devil because gonna do never gets done. See, it takes no commitment to talk about gonna do. But it takes real commitment to change. I want things in my life to change. I want things in this church to change. I can't make anybody else do anything. And the good news is I don't have to stand before God and give an answer for anybody else. I have to stand before God and give an answer for myself. I do have to give an answer for the way I oversaw this church. But I'm responsible for me. And real change starts with the individual see the problem is the devil wants you to want everybody else to change well i just need my husband to get more spiritual well you get more spiritual well i just need my children to stop driving me crazy you stop driving them crazy i just need i i i need the government to do this i i i i i I need white people to do this i need black people to do this i i i I need politics no all that is smoke screen and mirrors. All that's designed to distract you from the one thing that you can do. You can't make Trump do anything. You, 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 you can't make this government do anything. You couldn't make Obama do anything. But you can make change in your own life if you'll commit to it. If you'll commit to doing it his way. If you'll take massive action. If you refuse to give up. If you get involved in what God has for you, and if you will expect from a great God great things, I want to see you. Some of you need to change your eternal destiny. Some of you aren't born again. If you died today, you're not even sure that you'd go to heaven. The Bible says if you call on the Lord, He'll save you. Too many people have walked aisles and prayed prayers, shook preachers' hands, and none of that's in the Bible, by the way, for, for salvation. None of that, none none, none of that's a guarantee. For salvation, because God said, you'll only find me when you search for me with your whole heart. You can't throw up some quick, please save me, God, uh, and and, and expect that, that that's real salvation if there's no change in your lifestyle. First verse we read says, if you get real salvation, you'll change. Some of you need to get real salvation so you can change. I got great news for you. If you'll ask God to save you and mean it with your heart, he'll save you. Some of you need to get deliverance for some thoughts, for some habits. For some unforgiveness, from some bitterness, from whatever it is that's holding you back. I don't know what you need God to change in your life. But if you'll take real thought about it, God will show you what needs change. And then it's up to you whether you decide to make that change or not. We can only do what Michael said, we can only start with the man or the woman in the mirror. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking myself, I'm expecting myself to change my own ways, to do better, to represent God more properly, to be a better man, to be a better father, to be a better Christian, to be a better member of this community, to be a better friend, a better brother, to be a better pastor. I need to make some changes in my life. Anybody be honest enough say, I need to make some changes in me too? All right. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for being willing to change us by your spirit and your word. God, I pray that you would mold us, that you would shape us. God, I pray you'd give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. Lord, I pray that you would cause us to love you more than we ever have, to put your ways higher than our ways, to accept that your word is the guiding principle for our life and not our own intellect. God, I pray that you would cause us to be more committed to you than we ever have been before. Lord, I pray that you'd use us as your ambassadors to transform this world by the power of your love. Thank you, God, for changing us by your spirit. Help us to live the change that you've created in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast and visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org.